0: Welcome to Puritan's Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 65 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. By all this, you may see that in saving faith, there are these two acts. One, an assent to the truth of the gospel not only believing in general that there is a Christ, believing also what manner of person he is and upon what condition he offered himself to man as a savior, but also believing that this Christ graciously offers his love and himself to the Christian's self in particular. Two, an hearty approbation of this offer of Christ with consenting and hearty embracing of it as our own peculiar duty and privilege, resolving to take him wholly and fully as he is, accepting of him according to the full tenor of the marriage covenant, not only as a man's savior to defend him from evil and to save him and bring him to glory, but as his head to be ruled by him as his lord and king, to worship and obey him. Psalm forty-five eleven. Believing in him, not only as his priest to satisfy and to make intercession for him, but also as his prophet to teach and as his king to govern him, cleaving to him in all estates taking part with him in all the evils that accompany the profession of Christ's name, as well as in the good, Luke nine twenty-three. The first act is not enough to save any. The second act cannot be without the former. Where both these are, there is a right receiving of the gospel. There is true faith. The principal matter lies in the consent and determination of the will in receiving of Christ, which, that may, may be without exception, no. 1. It must be with an advised and considerate will. It must not be rash and on a sudden in your ignorance before you well know what you do. You must be well advised and consider well of the person to whom you give your consent. That you know him and that you know the nature of this spiritual union and what you are bound unto by virtue of it, and what it will cost you if you give yourself to Christ Luke fourteen twenty eight and thirty one. two your consent must be with a determinate and complete will, with a present receiving him even with all the heart Acts eight thirty seven. It must not be a faint consent in an indifferency whether you consent or no. It must not be in a purpose that you will receive him hereafter, but you must give your hand and heart to him for the present, else it is no match. Three, your consent must be with a free and ready will. It must not be with a forced and constrained yielding against the will, but howsoever it may be with much opposition and conflict, yet you must so beat down the opposition that when you do give consent, you bring your will to do it readily and freely, with thankful acknowledging yourselves unspeakably obliged to the Lord Jesus Christ all the days of your life that he will vouchsafe to make you such an offer. When consent is rash, faint, and forced, this will not hold any long time, but when your consent is advised full and free out of true love to Christ as well as for your own benefit, the knot of marriage between Christ and you is knit so fast that all the lusts of the flesh, all the allurements of the world, and all the powers of hell shall not be able to break it. By this which has been said concerning the nature of faith, many who thought they had faith may see that yet they have none. For they only believe in general that there is a Christ and a Savior who offers grace and salvation to mankind, and hereupon they presume. This general faith is needful, but that is not enough. It must be a persuasion of God's offer of Christ to a man in particular, that the will in particular may be induced to consent. There must likewise be that particular consent of will, and accepting of Christ upon such terms as he is offered, they that receive Christ aright enter into the marriage covenant, resolving to forsake all others and obey him, and to take up his cross and to endure all hardships with him and for him as shame, disgrace poverty hatred in the world, and all manner of reproach. This they consent to and resolve upon for the present and from this time forward for the whole time of their life, which things may, many neither did nor intended to do when they gave their names to Christ. They only received him as their Jesus, one by whom they hoped to be saved and honored, expecting that he should endow them with a fair jointure of heaven, but they did not receive him as their Lord. In doing thus, they erred in the essentials of marriage, for they erred in the person, taking an idol Christ for the true Christ. They erred in the form of marriage. They took him not for the present, nor absolutely for better, for worse, as we say, in sickness and health, in good report and ill report, in persecution and in peace forsaking all other never to part no not at death wherefore christ does not own those foolish virgins when they would enter the bride chamber but saith i know you not matthew 25:12 because there was no true consent on their part they had no faith And their contract or marriage with Christ was only in speech, but was never legal or consummated. By this which has been said, others who have faith indeed may know they have it, namely, if they so believe the covenant of grace established in Christ, that with all their hearts they accept of him and it, so that they sincerely desire and purpose to stand to it on their parts, as they are able, and rest on it, so far as it concerns Christ, to fulfill it. For this is faith. Unto this some fearful souls will reply, If we have no faith, except to an assent unto the truth, we do also receive Christ offered with a deliberate, entire, and free consent, to rest on him, to be ruled by him, and to take part with him in all conditions. Then we doubt that we have no faith because we so hardly brought ourselves to consent and find ourselves so weak in our consent and have been so unfaithful in keeping promise with Christ. Truth, fullness, and firmness of consent of the will to receive Christ may stand with many doubtings and with much weakness and sense of difficulty in bringing the heart to consent. For so long as there is a law in your members, warring against the law of your mind, you can never do as you would, Romans seven twenty three. If you can bring your hearts to will to consent and obey in spite of all oppositions, this argues hearty and full consent and a true faith, Isaiah 119. Nay, if you can bring the heart but to desire to receive Christ and to enter into covenant with God made mutually between God and you in Christ, and that it may stand according to the offer which he makes unto you in his word, even this argues a true and firm consent and makes up the match between Christ and you. Even as when Jacob related the particulars of an earthly covenant into which he would have Laban enter with him, Laban's saying, I would it might be according to thy word, gave proof of his consent and did ratify the covenant between them genesis 30:34 30, if you can therefore when god offers unto you the covenant of grace commanding you to receive christ in whom it is established and to enter into this covenant if i say you can with all your heart say to god i would it might be according to thy word The covenant is mutually entered into, and the match is made between Christ and you. And whereas it troubles you that you cannot be so faithful to Christ as your covenant binds you, it is well you are troubled if you did not also make it so argument that you have no faith, for in that it heartily grieves you that you cannot believe nor perform all faithfulness to Christ, it is an evident sign that you have faith. You must not think that after you are truly married to Christ, you shall be free from evil solicitations by your old lovers. Nay, sometimes a kind of violence may be offered by spiritual wickedness unto you, so that you are forced to many evils. Against your will Romans seven nineteen as it may befall a faithful wife to be forced by one stronger than she. Yet if you give not full consent unto them and suffer not your heart to follow them, your husband Christ will not impute these forced evils unto you. Yet let none by this take liberty to offend Christ in the least thing, for though Christ love you more tenderly and more mercifully than any husband can love his wife, yet no, he does not dote on you. He can see the smallest faults and will sharply, though kindly, rebuke and correct you for them if you do them presumptuously. But he esteems none to break spiritual wedlock so as to dissolve marriage, but those whose hearts are wholly departed from him and are set upon and given to something else. Hebrews 3.12 If you thus look into the nature of faith, I speak to a soul troubled for sin. You may know and feel that you have it. This concludes episode 65, of Henry Scudders, The Christian's Daily Walk.